Hello and welcome to the finale of the Wildcat Offense Football Edition, hosted by me, Wes Ibarra of Offsea Sport. First and foremost, I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to spend your Christmas Eve evening uh, with me tonight. I understand that there's a lot going on uh, for each and every one of you with friends, family, whomever that you will be uh, spending the holidays with. Over here, it's pretty busy as well. But I did promise a recap show on Sunday uh, for the Cats, and it would be a shame if I did not deliver. Um, Furthermore, I want to thank each and every one of you for the likes, the ratings, the reviews, the listens. It means so much to me. It keeps me motivated to keep making content like this for you all. And, you know, especially with a night like tonight, we get to close part of a chapter in the Wildcat offense show. And that is for football with the season finale being last night, the Las Vegas Bowl. And what a better way to end a Cinderella season with a win in Las Vegas, in the Las Vegas Bowl. The Cats defied the odds again and won. So a season that was projected to probably go 0-12 became 8-5 and in Las Vegas Bowl champions with a first-year head coach, a basically brand-new team, and a whole just different identity of the Northwestern Wildcats football team. And it went to a grinded out game. I would say that last night's game was uh, pretty gut-wrenching in the sense that there wasn't much scoring. But at the end of the day, a win is a win, right? A win is a win. And whether it was 21 to or 28 to 21, or however I said during the preview show yesterday, to 14 to 7, like it actually happened, um, that's nothing short of amazing. And with that being said, uh, the Cats did win on a one-possession game. Ben Bryant scored a game-winning touchdown uh, to Bryce Kurtz. And then, of course, the defense sealed the deal uh, when Utah got the ball on their final possession of the game, thus making them a champion in the postseason. And, you know, having the pleasure to watch that game from start to finish, that was really, really amazing to watch. Um, despite the gut-wrenching lack of offense, uh, because we didn't know, or at least I didn't know, what, what was there to be expected, right? I did mention that because Utah was mitting, mitting, missing so many players, you wanted to take advantage of that. And for the most part, Northwestern did, right? Uh, it seemed like Ben Bryant had no problem moving the ball at times. However, there were a couple of calls that just didn't make any sense. But it was really the defense that won the day for the Cats. With three takeaways and two fourth down stands, crucial fourth down stands towards the end of the game. Uh, looking at the individual stats, um, Bryson Barnes for the Utah Utes went eight for thirteen with two sacks or two interceptions and five sacks. So yeah, two big takeaways for Brandon Barnes. They were pretty much um, they were pretty much deep balls that just got 
picked off by the off uh, defense rather the second one was way more obvious to um way more obvious than uh the first one the first one was more of like a deep shot and it was just up in the air for so long that uh, one of the wildcat safeties just managed to uh get to the ball and catch it while the second interception was pretty much there was no receiver utah receiver in sight and the northwestern defender was just able to pick it up uh but there was also a fumble that the cats forced. Uh, I believe it was Gallagher that forced the uh, forced the fumble. And the only thing about those turnovers was that Northwestern, if I remember correctly, did not convert on those takeaways. But more on that in a little bit. Um, the leading rusher for the Utes was Micah Bernard. Jaquindon Jackson left the game with an apparent injury. He had 31 yards on nine touches with a touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter. He was also the re leading receiver with 24 yards over three receptions. Ben Bryant, QB1 for the Cats, went 23 of 34 with two touchdowns, no interceptions. Did a great job of, for the most part, of taking care of the football. Um, he didn't. He did make a couple throws that were very, very questionable. However. The most important part is that he did not turn the ball over. He did get sacked three times. So uh, there were instances where the offensive line could not keep him upright. And, you know, that's been the problem all year. But at the end of the day, it was enough because Ben Bryant was able to not only make the right throws for the most part, but also be willing to fight for yards to, to keep Northwestern drives alive. Um, the last, one or one of the last offensive plays of the game uh, for the Cats was Ben Bryant sliding for a first down uh, to ice the game. And prior to that, he was actually sent to the medical tent because he did something very similar earlier in the fourth quarter that caused him to get hit hard and his head hit the ground and he showed signs of concussion. However, he was somehow cleared by the medical staff to come back, and he had just enough to bring the game-winning touchdown. Running back room was pretty busy. Cam Porter, 33 yards over uh, 10 touches. Tyus, 21 over 5. Hyman, 9 over 3. Bryce Kurtz was the leading receiver, 68 yards and 5 receptions with one touchdown. Henning played a huge role in this game, 57 yards over 6 catches. And Marshall Lang, a lot of tight end action for the Cats uh, last night. 39 over 3. And Cam Johnson had the other touchdown, 31 yards over 4 uh, receptions. So the passing game was really, really good uh, for the offense. However, the one thing that I will say was really, really questionable to me was the conservative play calls. There were a couple instances where the Cats had fourth and one or maybe fourth and half a yard or something like that, but the Cats punted it away. Um, that's been a common theme all year, right? And it seems like Coach Bajakian is very conservative when it comes to play calls like that, but the announcer said it last night. This is Las Vegas. This is the last game of the year. There is no next week. This team was clearly more than capable of gaining one yard on offense. It it didn't make any sense to punt the ball, especially when the ball was more or less in four-down territory 
a couple of those times. And the other instance was at the one yard line. I remember something like that happening earlier in the year um, where the cats were at the one and they decided to pass the ball. And this is what happened in one instance during the game last night where the cats were at the one, it was fourth and one. I mean, and they decided to throw a fade route to Mangieri, which was overthrown. I mean, come on, like, it was clearly enough for this running game to just gain a yard, get in the end zone. And I don't know, there were just a lot of questionable calls on offense last night. But luckily, again, the defense did enough to keep Utah from doing anything special. Uh, the quarterback play on that side also not as comparable to Ben Bryant. And also with the fact that Utah was missing players, right? You know, that just, that also just helps. but. Um, you know, it was, it was just really, it was just really interesting and really another, I guess, ding against Northwestern with last night's game was the special teams. Um, Jack Olson missed two field goals last night, one from a little bit further out. Uh, I believe it was 47. And then the second one was a lot closer and it would have ended a half and put up the cats on two scores, but he missed wide right. Missed wide right on both. So it was another off night for, or not another, but a rare off night for Olsen. And you wonder, um, maybe it was the balls. Maybe it was the turf. Who knows? But we we would have been much more comfortable if he had drilled those six points in. And, you know, that this would have made the, the win more impressive. And I know I sound like I'm somewhat discrediting the Cats win. And I'm not. I'm not. I, I just want to say, like, this win was well-deserved, right? Beat the odds makers again because they were a seven-point underdog. But they ended up winning the game by seven. And that's also just because they pretty much played a complete defensive game and tried to make Utah beat them, you know, one way or the other and failed to do either one, really. So, but for someone that is very depended on right it, it just really hurts when that happens when one of your most dependable players doesn't seem to have shown up but again football is a team sport and thankfully everyone else stepped up and did what they needed to do to bring home the win and again not all on Olsen but it would have been nice to it would have been nice to have that insurance and also as far as uh, my comments on Coach Bajakian's uh, style of play, you know, he's a good coach, right? It's, it's no accident that he was part of Coach Fitzgerald's staff for so long. However, you just kind of wish maybe this game would have been more wide open if he had been just more open with the play call. And given how things go during bowl games, right? because of transfers, because of NFL draft, because of coaches getting new jobs. For Coach Bajakian, right, I mean, he probably is not going to be on Coach Braun's plans for, for next year. And last night would have been a really good audition, in my opinion, for him to show some other team what he can do. And, uh, you know... It's going to be refreshing to see how a new 
offense would look at Northwestern next year. Maybe Coach Braun's going to bring in someone that's a little bit more aggressive when it comes to those fourth and short situations and perhaps be a little bit more uh, mindful and more confident in his uh, running back room when it's fourth and one and you're basically staring at the goalpost. But um, that's probably one thing that I can be super critical of was the offensive play calling at times, especially at times where it could have really, really swung the game. But for the most part, Coach Bajakian did really put Ben Bryant and the offense in a place to succeed. Uh, but you kind of wish that you kind of wish that uh, there was just a little bit more flair to last night's game. But best of luck to him, whatever he does and wherever he goes. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's the end of a season. The cats have that storybook ending, that Hollywood ending just about ended the way i thought it would right ben bryant leading the team down the field on a game-winning drive and then the defense just somehow stuffs utah and forces them to turn the ball over on downs and all the cats had to do was just run the clock out and uh take it home but it's crazy it, it really is crazy and it's been a fun journey to talk about northwestern football with you all i mean from that opening loss at rutgers to coming all the way to the um to the las vegas bowl and winning right like on the other sideline there was a coach that was pretty much coaching the best team in the pac-12 that's not oregon or whoever would be on top usc right or even UCLA. Like this guy was in the Pac-12 championship almost every year up until this year and was in a New Year's Six Bowl. It just so happens that this year it was a bit of a down year. They find themselves in the Las Vegas Bowl and to make matters worse, right? His most of his team is gone because they're either transferring or preparing for the NFL. And as for coach Braun and the Cats, while well, his team was a little bit more complete, People still had questions, right? Because nobody expected them to be there. Uh, they weren't even favored to win their win the game. Even it was still it was still just like okay, well, it's it's great, but they're still not going to be the favorites going into this game. And maybe looking back on it, it made sense, right? Just because Utah had a better resume, but. Northwestern, again, has that special something that is very, very hard to describe. And that very special something showed up. And as a result, despite all the ups, the downs, the gray areas, you know, main uh, players getting hurt, you know, it all worked out in the end. And all those players that are leaving the program and, you know, those that are going to be staying they can say that they were part of something special for the 2023 football season. And yeah, I mean, I'm already very excited about next year. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I know the cats brought in some pretty decent recruits. They got about 15 players in overall. And of course you're excited to see what the future will look like, especially with this being coach Braun's first signing class. 
and those those kind of moments are very special for a program and for a first year head coach because the the hope is that he's around to see those players grow and the program grow as a whole because now it's going to be done his way um as i'm talking about this with you all i'm looking around at a lot of the a lot of the opponents that the cats have played this year especially in the big 10 and you look like a lot of these teams that are better than them right they they had lesser records than the cats right like take Rutgers for example right they they beat them 24 to nothing at home first game of the year and they ended up six and six and they're in the bowl too right uh that takes place on Thursday December 28th against Miami but it's crazy to think that a team that lost 24 nothing in their first game somehow has a better record than that team and won their bowl and I want Rutgers to win their bowl too just because look it's Big Ten there's nine teams that are being represented and you obviously want the Big Ten to win their games uh, the biggest one being Michigan right being in the CFP just because you want you want that you want those bragging rights all throughout college football to say yeah we had nine teams we had most if not all of them hit and you know we want to show that we're the upper echelon of college football especially with these new teams coming in like an Oregon USC UCLA and UW right so uh it's it seems like it's been a pretty good year for Big Ten football, and no better than Northwestern. Um, you know, it. this is something that's going to be talked about for quite a while until next spring. And again, I'm very excited to see what Coach Braun can do with full control, a full season of full control. He brings in his guys. And, of course, in a way, you can say that going into next year, there will be a little bit of a target on Northwestern's back, right? Because now the consensus is going to want that team to replicate that, if not get better for for next year. Um, I'm going to leave it up to you all. What do you all think? What do you all think about this storybook season? Uh, do you think that the Cats could have achieved more? Do you think... This is pretty much as good as it gets. I mean, I, it's very hard to pretty much have a full-on negative opinion about this season. Other than, you know, however you want to handle the uh, your stance on the Coach Fitzgerald drama. But, I mean, from 1-11 to 8-5, and five, you, you can't. You can't really be upset with that. But before I sign off here, I want to thank each and every one of you for following the 2023 Northwestern football season with me. It's been one heck of a ride. I am excited to see what the team does next year. Uh, thank you again for taking the time to listen to me. You know, I hope each and every one of you all enjoy your holiday from here on to the new year. Uh, 
spend some awesome time with friends, family, and speaking of friends and family, share the podcast with friends, family, colleagues, anyone who is down to join the Offsea Sports Talk conversation. I can be found on most podcast platforms. Offsea Sport is spelled O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. I will be temporarily closed for the next three weeks as I go on vacation, but when I do come back on MLK Day, so that's January 15th, we'll recap the handful of Northwestern basketball games that would have occurred over that point in time and preview the next upcoming opponent at that point in time as well. Thank you again. Happy holidays. Enjoy the Las Vegas uh, Bowl Championship and go Cats! Wow.